Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Rico. Our hope is that today's message adds life and power to your journey as you grow. Thanks for joining us. In 1982, a song dropped that changed music forever. Said that this song ushered in the age of hip-hop music and maybe could have been dubbed as the black CNN of its time. The song was giving an ear to the plight of inner city perils. And I would challenge you today, but if the beat would drop in the building today, heads would nod and folks would begin to move. The lyrics of this particular song explain the pressurized communities that uh, folks lived in in 1982. And then 30 years later, in 2012, this song was called the greatest hip-hop song of all time. Its lyrics said, and I'll start it, but you'll help me finish. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. And the hook or the chorus said, don't push me cause I'm close to the, I'm trying not to lose my head. This song, even today, characterizes the way that saints, even those who believe in a living God, still find ourselves reacting to the pressures of life. We beg, don't push me. I'm close to the edge, trying not to lose my head. The challenges of life pressurize us even though we come to church, sing songs, pray sometimes, and then go back outside to meet them again. And another writer, I want to get his name right. I'm going to make an attempt to say it. Uh, dropped a song in 2020 amidst the perils of pandemic and the racial illuminations fueled by the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. This song titled, Try Jesus. It would encourage any saint, if you saw that as the name of the sermon titled for today, Try Jesus. If that were the hymn, uh, Sister Carol, that we were going to sing right now, Try Jesus, it would make sense. But Tobe Chukuwu Debu Ningagwe. Wrote a song that has more warning than encouragement. He says, try Jesus, not me, because I throw hands. He says, try Jesus, please don't try me, because I fight. I know what he said about getting slapped, but if you touch me or mine, we're going to have to scrap. So try Jesus, please don't try me, because I fight. He says, I have no problem laying these hands. I'm still quoting. So try Jesus. Please don't try me 
because I fight. Still quoting. Oh, he said, turn the other cheek. But that's one part of the Bible that just don't sit right with me. So try Jesus. Please don't try me because I fight. He closes the song by saying, I have no problem laying these hands. It was a warning to let others know that, hey, listen, the best option for you when you come against me and anything belonging to me is Jesus. I venture to say that as Christians, we live in this divide between fighting for ourselves and then letting God or letting God fight our battles. Our text this morning shows the apostles Paul and Silas, hear me now, inarguably, Ian, uh, 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 their greatest moment in biblical history. I don't know that there is a more astounding uh, awesome entrance of God into a problem than what happens here except maybe on Mount Carmel when fire appears out of nowhere, burns the altar, and burns the stuff. I promise you right here in the New Testament, this is Paul and Silas's response to Elijah on Mount Carmel. We see how you call Jesus by fire. We'll call him by earthquake. It's their finest hour, and the Bible says praying and praising in the midst of their prison. Their praying and praising is so loud that the other prisoners heard them. Their praying and praising is so strong that the earth quakes beneath them. The Bible says suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. They could not, Nina, have been singing, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. I promise you they weren't singing that. They definitely weren't singing, try Jesus, please don't try me because I fight. But I promise you, they probably were singing a song, church, that maybe only Sister Sylvia Martin knows in the building. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. I didn't think I'd get an amen. Ah, hmm, I see one over here. They probably were singing a song that maybe the Wolfsons knew way back in the day. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Handcuffed and feet shackled and in the darkness they might have sung, oh there's sunshine in my soul today, uh, more glorious and bright when Jesus shows his smiling face, there's sunshine in my soul. The Bible says that they prayed, and I would tell you, Sister McBride, I don't know exactly what they prayed, but I promise you they might have gone into he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, I don't know what they prayed, but I, I promise you they probably prayed, he is my refuge in my fortress. My God in him will I trust to have a saint in the building. 
might not have one here. So Sister Verlin listening all the way in Florida, they might have said, thou shall not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes in the noonday. I don't know what they prayed, but they could have said, a thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. I don't know what they prayed, but I know that suddenly, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So much so that the foundations of the prison walls were broken down. And every time we read this particular text, I don't know about you, but it encourages me, it moves me, it makes me feel good. And sometimes it gives me an answer to problems, but most of the times I go out and fail. Because this example of praising in the midst of the storm, I wonder, does it hold water? This example of worship in the midst of worry or devotion in the midst of disease, uh, it reads well. It jumps off the paper very nicely. It's exhilarating and it's exciting, but I wonder, is it just a paper tiger? Is it just a Bible fable, just a story? When things don't work out and disease can't be healed, <laughs> Does praise in the midst of prison and praise in the midst of a storm seem to work? I'd, I'd almost like to say uh, I'm not sure. I would want to say, Felicity, that the, the, the jury is out on this particular one because uh, it would be nice to get a cacophony of testimonies in the building that in the midst of a situation, uh, when I went for, for prayer and praise, I saw God do something great for me. But if I were in Paul and Silas's shoes, church, I would have a serious serious problem. We read this and all of a sudden become very churchy about what happens and don't really pay attention to the facts, Sister Iris, of what was actually said here. Paul goes and gets upset at some girl telling him who he was and says to the demon inside of her, get out. And I don't know about you, but I would not have made it past the first interaction with these people. They're going to say, Put hands on him. What? I promise you a saint in the building today would lose their ever-loving mind right now if any one of you on this side got mad at another on this side and went to put hands on them. I don't know that you would call out, great are you Lord. I might not have made it, Lachey, uh, to the point when not only did they put hands on them, Adam, but then they went and dragged them. You dragging me to the courthouse? I probably would have whispered a quick prayer, but that might have been it, and it probably would have been more like Jesus helped them before I get them. I know who I am uh, when life comes against me, when my blood is running warm and I feel the heat come over my neck. I know who I am when someone cuts me off on the freeway or someone does something that just does not make sense. Uh, I know who I am. I, I wish I had somebody in the building today who, who, who could agree with me and say, you know who you are when trouble comes knocking at your door. They would have lost me in that moment because y'all just, just went over it. Adam, they just read it real quick. Y'all just read it real quick because that part of the Bible when it says that 
the magistrate took off all their clothes. You, you did what? You know, like, like, like for real? I mean, everybody enjoys going to the beach and everybody enjoys probably a two-piece if your body can fit, but I promise you nobody want to walk around naked. We all enjoy these kinds of moments, but when your dignity is exposed, when they call you out your name and they disrespect you, let me tell you, church, it takes a level of control that I'm going to let you know I struggle with and I probably lack. It takes a level of control that I don't know is probably beyond me, Keith, uh, but it takes a level of control that even in my sober moments... The moments when I'm preaching about what I'm talking about now or, or, or nothing is happening, uh, that, 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 that even in my drunken moments of pain, frustration, and disbelief, when you come at me with fire, I want to fight fire with fire. When you come at me with problems, I want to fight problems with pessimism. When you uh, want to uh, uh, come at me with disease, I might fight disease with distraught because life is real. And when the devil goes to press our buttons and restrict the movement of most of us Christians, it is hard for us to say that we found a hymn that says my hope is built on nothing less. When the devil comes to, 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 to push and shove, you and I most of the times get to shoving. I know because you call me. I know because I call Sister McBride. When push comes to shove, I want to push right back. But today the Holy Spirit stopped by to talk to the reactive saint in the building who finds ourselves reacting ridiculously to the temptations and the proddings of the enemy. Today, the Holy Spirit stopped by to talk to the saint sitting in the building today. Those of us who want to be, uh, 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 who want to win in our worry. Those of us who want to be champions in the midst of chaos. The Holy Spirit stopped by here with a message of hope for us today. And to the ones of us who want to praise in the prisons of life, here's the first thing the Holy Spirit wants to tell us today comes from verse 25 of Acts, the same uh, chapter, verse 16. Uh, it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I would like to encourage you, church, that when life uh, restricts you and puts you and I in troubling situations and you see who your enemy is, I want to encourage you to do this. Change the audience of your response to life's pressures. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. Change the audience of our response to life's pressures. You see, in this particular text, uh, after their flogging and after their beating and after their taking their clothes off and after the disrespect that they got from the magistrates and even those around them who knew that they were doing wrong, Paul and Silas do not have a word for the devil. They don't have a word for their persecutors. They don't have a word for those against them, but what they do have is a word to God. I'd like to encourage you today, guys, stop talking to the devil. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, listen, listen, I'm I'm, I'm going to demote a whole lot of us today. Listen, you and I are not so strong in our, 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 or mature in our relationship with Christ that even, that even we can say, get thee behind me, devil. I'm going to tell you, just stop talking to him altogether. Change the audience of who you are responding to when life begins to challenge you and start talking to God. Here, let me, let me, let me make this a little bit more clearer to you. Um, you know, when children do something wrong, uh, before you get to high-pitched falsetto yelling, <laughs> or us guys, deep voice, baritone, bass, what are you doing? We start talking to them like kindergartners. Hey, you know you shouldn't do that. Stop. Wait. Baby girl, don't do that. Little boy, come on down. I want to encourage the saints sitting in the building today that if you and I saw our problems like children or our enemies like little babies, you and I might not sin so often in response to the problems they give us. I know I said a whole lot, church. Help us. Help us today, God. Because when children run amok and destroy things, the response is tempered to their age. I'd like to suggest to you today that the responses that you and I have been giving to life's challenges, watch this, has caused you and I to jump out of the frying pan and into the fire sometimes. Because we get so upset that somebody could have done this thing to particularly me, who doesn't deserve that action that they did, and how dare they and how could they? And so we end up doing something in revenge or in uh, defense just to make sure that we either get that person back. But if we saw our enemies like children, and I, I, hear, I hear the critic, I hear the critic saying to me, Pastor, they knew what they was doing. They ain't no children. I know. But it's not about them. It's about you and I. And it's about us making a decision that will keep God in the center of our lives. As I stay in this particular same point, I want to mention this other thing to you. Stop talking to other people about our problems, especially when those people can do nothing about your problem. Listen to me clearly, listen to me clearly. Now, I know, I know, I know. Most of us have a BFF, like one or two good boyfriends or girlfriends uh, that you're going to talk to. That's your boy, that's your girl, old girl, old boy. You're going to say some stuff to them. Listen, you're allowed to have like one, maybe two, uh, probably a trio of really close people that you can talk to, that you can bear your soul with, and they will help you uh, go to Christ, or they will ride or die. Few of us have a few ride or die individuals. Uh, you know, they always get grace because they always have your back. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that is why Peter gets this rock built on him. That's why Peter gets uh, the love that he gets because when they came for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, everybody was shook, but Peter was like, Come on, where you at? Swinging so hard, I don't know really what Peter was chopping at because he was going to probably split old dude in half. Boy, move, got his ear cut off. But Peter was God's ride or die, and you see this church going to be built. Everybody gets to have a ride or die. But to the other people, 
When you're having Sabbath lunch at your house, stop gossiping about what's going on. Stop talking about people. Can I share something with you? If we want our church to grow, stop letting the younger generation see you frustrated and angry about our church. They already don't want to be here. Amen, lights, clock. Amen, Sam. Next point. Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 also shares something else that I want to encourage us with. Uh, the Bible says, and I'm still in that first sentence, that they prayed and praised. I'd like to suggest to you that when life places us in challenging situations, uh, change the expected response to what life does to us. You see, if we change the expected uh, response of what life is doing to us, what happens is, is life loses control or the devil loses control about what he's doing and you and I begin to gain control. I, I want to take a minute and probably only the athletes in the room would probably understand this illustration, but walk with me. This week, I came down on Wednesday and I was hanging out with our, our, our basketball league that we're doing. This is our plug for it. If you got time this week coming up Monday and Wednesday, we'll be right back here. Uh, we've opened up a basketball league to the community so that they can come in and hang out. We've got our middle schoolers just enjoying themselves and uh, hanging out with us as we just teach them a little few things about some Bible, I mean, about some basketball and, and pray with them and just let them know, hey, man, you know, we're, we're reasonable individuals. But once that was finished, I took a quick second and I walked into the gym. And when I got into the gym, uh, I saw the OA uh, Spartans volleyball girls team playing, girls volleyball playing, and man, they were down, it was probably something like, I don't know, like 20 to 8 or something like that. That's what it felt like, and it's what it looked like. Um, and they had this server on the other side, and she was just serving these daggers across the net, over the net, and, and our girls could barely do anything about it. But then finally, when they broke her serve, everybody say, broke her serve. They finally got the ball back on their side, and our girls began to target one of their weakest links on their side. And let me tell you, man, it was a beautiful sight to see these aces come over the net. And the girl who they were targeting, Marilyn, she couldn't do nothing about it. They were hitting balls at her, and she was doing her best to try to receive them. Uh, and every time she received the ball, it would pop out that way and pop out that way uh, until there were a few individuals, uh, Josiah, that when the ball came to them, they actually knew how to receive it and was able to create a volley back and forth uh, uh, with the ball. Uh, but I knew need you to understand in this church today, too many times you and I have been volleying back and forth with the devil and it's time for you to break his serve. Mm -hmm. You see, our quick responses to life's frustrations are heated, are, are smart, are wise, are, are quick tempered reactions to what the devil does to us oftentimes continues to get you and I in more heat. But I need you to understand when Paul and Silas were in prison, the thing that they did was they changed their response of what was expected of them to do and they got out. Hear me now. At midnight, there were not moaning. They were not crying. They were not upset. You didn't hear them angry. I promise you, Captain Peel, it couldn't have been me because I probably would have been using choice words. How dare they? Why did they? My neck. 
my back. I'm in pain. I'd have been mad. I'd have been frustrated. But don't look at me like I'm the only one because you know that when life does these things to you and I, when push comes to serve, you and I start pushing back. But I'd like to tell the saint in here today that when disrespect calls for defense, how about we just deflect? When disrespect calls for defense, how about we just deflect? When life calls for you and I to react to what life has done to us, when it seems like it will be easier to give a harsh answer and keep that wrath going, how about we give a soft answer, the Bible says, to turn away wrath? I want to encourage you today that when Paul and Silas were in their spot, they could have gone and been upset and been mad, but they chose to, instead of being angry to worship, instead of being, uh, 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 being mad, they decided to praise. Instead of being feeling disrespected, they decided to deflect the blows of the devil and turn their attention to God. I'd like to suggest to you, saints, that you and I don't have to be reactive to what the devil does to us or even what life does. What we really need to do is my third point, loose Jesus on your situations. Mm -hmm. I'd like to tell the church that God can hold us in the midst of a storm. But while we're in the storm, we actually got to let him hold us. I'd like to suggest to you that God can keep us in a fiery furnace, but we, we have to want to be kept by God while we're in the furnace. I'd like to suggest to the church today that in the, the, that in the discomfort of darkness that uh, you and I can find comfort by God if we allow God to comfort us in the darkness. Because let me tell you something, it means nothing to come and say that God is able if you and I are not going to allow him to be able. It amounts to nothing to say that God is almighty if we never allow him to be mighty and we keep jumping in front of him to answer the bell when the devil rings. It's a false statement to call him a deliverer if we never let him deliver. It's just platitudes to call him a protector if we don't allow him to protect. <laughs> Listen, we're not doing God any favors by illuminating the attributes of his character, calling him omnipotent if we close his power, calling him omnipresent if we deny his presence. It means nothing to talk about the goodness of God if we never allow him to be good. So loose Jesus on your prison. Allow Jesus to comfort you in your brokenness. Sanction the Savior to save in the midst of your situation. Permit the provider to protect in your problem and allow him to do what he can do because I need you to understand the battle was never ours. It always belonged to God. In most of our prisons and most of our places where we find ourselves as I wrap this message up, the word push actually uh, means something here. The acronym for it that you all have heard it many times was pray until something happens. I believe it's appropriate here because oftentimes in the loneliness of a disease that is taking too long to be healed, you and I will quit trusting in God. 
in the midst of a situation, a broken relationship that is taking too long to be fair and to be adequate and to be right, and you and I are always being seen as the victim or the perpetrator, uh, when those situations are taking too long, it makes sense to pray until something happens. It makes sense to push through life's struggling tough times. But can I add a little something to that? Uh, in life's troubling times, instead of praying, sometimes we ought to praise until something happens. Push. Let me add something else onto it. Sometimes we ought to pray until your Savior helps. Push. Let me add something else onto it. Sometimes we ought to praise until our situation halts. Push. Uh, please let me help you understand this. Every now and then we ought to plead until something happens. We ought to plead until your Savior helps. We ought to push until our Savior opens doors and shuts doors and makes a way out of no way and moves things out of the way. Sometimes you ought to pray until you don't have words left to say and so you can just open your mouth and God will fill it. You might open your mouth and he might say, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth you ought to push sometimes you might have to say my soul shall make her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad sometimes you need to push sometimes you might have to say oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together sometimes you have to push sometimes you have to say I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears sometimes you have to push the Bible says that the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles you and I we need to push the Bible says this poor man came up to God and it said the Lord encampeth about them that fear him and love him and delivereth them he wraps up this verse by saying oh taste and see that my God is good blessed is the one that trust in him push When life puts us in the midst of a hot place, when we're between a, a rock and a hard place, I need you to understand that giving in to the pressure and returning that pressure with your human pressure means that you and I will be in that thing for a long time. But if we somehow take a seat and let the Lord fight our battles, victory, victory shall be ours. midst of your prison this week whatever you are going through whatever you and your family were experiencing whether it be joblessness whether it be some kind of disease that has your, your doctor still can't fix or or whether it be cancer or something else I need you to understand that prayer and praise are the responses that the devil is not expecting from you and that when you and I give those responses he thinks you know what they're only going to be able to hold that response for the length of a prayer meeting. Because I'll just wait an hour and they'll be done. But I need you to understand, church, in the prisons of your own life, wherever you may find yourself needing God to make a way, plead, pray, praise until something happens until God makes a way. And even when he doesn't make a way, I'm reminded of the story of David 
wearing sackcloth and ashes and praying and fasting and asking God to save that baby with Bathsheba. He's there praying and asking God to make a way and his attendees are all looking at him trying to figure out what in the world are we going to do to him? He's in here, he's undone. And they got quiet and David looks over to them, Bellany, and he says to him, God didn't answer the prayer, huh? And they're like, no, the baby died. And David gets up. They expected him to be all mad, upset, hurt, even more than he already was. But the Bible says that he gets up, changes his clothes, bathes, cleans himself up, asks for food, and begins to go. Because I need you to know that at the very end of the day, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But it doesn't end there. It ends with a praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Today, I don't know who you are and what you're going through, but life is pressurized right now and it's calling you to make a response to it. I need you to not be reactive. Even though you've made a mistake and you've caused the issue that you're dealing with, I need you to not be reactive, but actually begin to take control of what's happening. Change the audience of who you're responding to when life messes with you. Respond to God. Don't give the same response that, would, that should happen when push comes to shove. Listen, no, 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 no. You, you, there's no need to be defensive when life comes at you. Just let it pass by. Three, if you're going to call God a deliverer, let him deliver. If we're going to call him a protector and a provider, let him protect and provide. If you're going to say he can do anything, prove him now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts. And finally, praise, push, or even plead until something happens. Our God is in the business of answering prayers, church. And if it's you today that needs God to answer a prayer to you, I'm going to just ask that you would stand to your feet right now, wherever you are. Whatever that situation is that is troubling you, whatever that thing is that's troubling your home, I'm going to ask that you would stand right now and let's give it to God. Father, those of us that can stand are standing. Some have our hands raised. Lord, we, we've been troubled with some things, Father. And many of us, though we walk around our cities, our world, go from job to our house freely, Father, many of us are in prisons in our own mind and even in our lives, God. But Father, while we are here, Father, I pray that we would emulate Paul and Silas. I pray, God, that we would uh, give the right answer when life comes against us. I pray, Father, that instead of talking to the devil, Father, that we would talk to you. I pray, God, that in the midst of all the issues that we are dealing with, Father, I pray, Lord, that we will loose you on those issues and allow you to be the God Almighty to be the God who is a deliverer, to be the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And then, oh Lord, even when we have nothing left to do, I pray God that we would pray 
even if we're just opening your word and praying that we would sing even if we're singing either an old hymn or a new song father that we would just praise and pray until something happens you showed us father that we could praise in the midst of problems and I pray this week God that as life comes at us strong that we would do just that praise in the midst of our problems in Jesus name we pray let the church say amen and amen come on let's give out a hand praise in the building and magnify him.